humble yourselves. That's what Peter wants us to do. That's what the Lord wants us to do. How many of you want to be humble? Humble yourselves. So when you and I, when we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, he will do what, people of God? What's he going to do? He will exalt you. When? In due time or in due season, he will exalt you. He will lift you up, take it to the next level, carry you into that new dimension, into another dimension where he has already prepared that place for you already. Amen. Hallelujah. So God is not trying to get you to exalt yourself. That's what the devil is trying to get you to do. The devil wants you to exalt yourself. He wants you to be full of self. In fact, that is one of the things that the Lord hates. He hates pride. He hates those that are full of themselves. And he wants us to be humble. So God says, humble yourselves under my word. And then he says, if you humble yourself under my word, then I will exalt you. So we've got to stay humble when it comes to the things of God. Humble yourselves under my word. So saints, people of God, I am here today to tell you that when it looks like God has exalted you, more times than not, it looks like it's taken too long. Amen? Now, I'm not the only one that probably that thought has crossed my mind. But even in all of that, you have to stay where you are as God is exalting you. See, because if you, if you, if you get anxious, well, I'm getting a little ahead of, your, ahead of myself, but, you know, if you, if, you, if you move and get in the wrong seat at the wrong time, if you get in the wrong place at the wrong time, if you're not where you're supposed to be, amen, Hallelujah. When you're supposed to be there, you're going to miss out on the things of God. So it's up to you. It's up to all of us to stay right where we are. Amen. The next thing is this, is that it looks like you're losing the battle when you're just staying right where you are. That's one of the things the enemy wants you to think. He wants you to think that you're losing the battle. Well, Lord, you know, all this time and you know, Lord, you know, I've been praying and fasting and I've been believing you in all this time. And Lord, I haven't seen that convincing manifestation of your word as of yet. So the enemy wants you to believe that you are losing the battle. But I'm here today to tell you that you are not losing the battle. Amen. By that, I mean, it looks like somebody else is getting promoted before you on your job. It may look like somebody else. Amen. Is getting married before you. It may look like, and be careful what you ask for, people of God. It may look like somebody else, amen, got their new church building before we did. Amen. Hallelujah. It may look that way. Hallelujah. It may look like somebody else hit that lottery before you did. But God will, and I'm not advocating playing the lottery, people of God. Amen. That's just a little humor. I just threw that in there, you know, give you a little humor. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. 
Hallelujah. But God will exalt you in due time if you stay under his word. But you can't do or say anything like that. Amen. Lord, it just looks like everybody else is getting blessed. Lord, it just looks like, you know, and this is happening and that's happening. And I don't see nothing happening right here where I am. But you can't say that. You've got to stay humble and stay in faith when it comes to the things of God. Amen. And not only that, but you also have to know how to trust God. Amen. We are setting ourselves up. We are building ourselves up when it comes to trusting God. Amen. Let's read that again. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. So that means, people of God, you are not to care for you. That means God cares about you and he will care for you. You see, sometimes we get that twisted. You know, well, if I don't do it for myself, ain't nobody else going to do it. If the Lord was going to do it, he would have done it already. Hello, somebody. Say amen, somebody. But, you know, so, look, I just got to look out for me. I've got to be number one. I love me some, it's all right to love you, some you, because you are the righteousness of Almighty God. Amen. You know that God loves you. If I don't love me, ain't nobody else going to love, you know, and all the wine and stuff. Stop saying all that stuff. God cares for you, and he loves you, amen, not some of the time, not just for a few days and all of that, but he loves you for all eternity, and he loves you with an everlasting love, amen. So when the devil tries to put something on you and tries to get you to worry about whatever it is he's trying to get you to worry about, don't worry. Because when you worry, that is fear disguised. Worry is fear disguised. So when you're worrying about something, you know, we, we even like to say it this way sometimes. Well, I'm not really worried, but I do have a few concerns. Another code word for worry, right? For all of you intellectuals in here, you know, and everybody in here is intellectual. We have very highly educated people in here, and nobody worries, but, you know, somebody's got some concerns when it comes <laughs> to the things of God. Amen. And fear is designed to separate you from your inheritance. Fear is designed to separate you from the things of God. Fear is designed to separate you from your health. Fear is designed to separate you from everything that God has already provided for you that pertains to life and godliness. Fear is designed to separate you from all things in the spiritual and all things in the natural. So the enemy will try to get you to worry. 
So when you are going through, the first thing people are going to say is, aren't you worried? Am I the only one that somebody has ever said that to? You know, when you got a little something like that? Aren't you worried about that? Well, no. Aren't you worried? Aren't you worried about what they're doing here on the job? You know, aren't you worried about they're cutting back and, you know, budget and, you know, they're doing all those kinds of things? Aren't you, aren't you worried about that? You know, aren't you worried about, you know, you know all, that, all that stuff you used to ingest in your body years ago before you knew the Lord? Aren't you worried about any of that kind of stuff? You see, what the enemy is trying to do is to get you to, co- to confess your worries. So what I'm telling you is don't confess your worries. That's the thing that you're going to have to learn how to do as a saint of God. Don't confess your worries. God does not want you to worry about one thing. Amen? Hallelujah. Because we already read that. But then again, there was a popular singer back in the day. He sang the song Stevie Wonder said, Don't you worry about a thing. Hey now. Hallelujah. Everybody getting with that. All right? Don't worry about a thing. All right. Okay. Amen. Now let's go over here to Philippians chapter 4. Glory be to God. Philippians chapter 4. Amen. Uh, Philippians chapter 4 is right after Philippians chapter 3. All right? So if you can find Philippians chapter 3, then go ahead a little bit. Amen. You'll find Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. This is what it says here. Be careful. For no thing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your what? Request be made known unto whom? Unto God. So Philippians here, chapter 4, verse 6, is telling us to be anxious about nothing. God's word translation says, never worry about anything. And if I'm known for one thing, that is never worrying about anything. Ad nauseum sometimes. But I have learned not to worry about anything. So that's why this message is really, you know, striking a chord with me on today. So then if it says, don't be anxious about anything, be anxious about nothing. So what are we supposed to do then? Okay, let's go back. I should have told you to keep your finger there in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. So come on back over here to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. There we go. What's it say? Casting all your care upon him. Him meaning the Lord. For he careth for you. So, how do you do that? You have to do that by faith. If you're going to cast your care upon the Lord, amen, you've got to do it by faith. The world says that when you don't worry, you don't care. But God says, don't worry and don't have a care. I like it God's way better. I'm not concerned about what the world thinks. Let them worry about me not worrying. Let them worry about me not having a care. 
because I'm not going to worry and I'm not going to have a care. I'm going to put everything in the Lord's hands. So here's a news alert for you. Your promise of peace comes to you by faith. So now, if you are void of worry, if you are void of concern, if you are void of cares about anything, you have to replace that with something. So your promise of peace comes by faith. So by faith, you have to have a trust and rely on the Lord and know that he's going to do what he said he was going to do for you in his word. You're going to have to know that no weapon that is formed against you is ever going to prosper. That every tongue that would rise against you in judgment, glory be to God, it has already been condemned. Why? Because that is part of your inheritance. You've got to possess all of that by faith. Hallelujah. Your promise of peace comes by faith, but you can't get that in the natural. You can't get the promise of peace in the natural. Amen. That's why people today are using all kinds of illegal substances today, trying to find that peace. There are folk today partaking of a little piece of that rock because they're looking for peace. And guess what? No peace at all in that. Only God can give you peace, which passes in verse 7 of Philippians chapter 4, which says, which passes all understanding. Hallelujah. Now, remember on last week when we were talking about in the book of uh, St. Mark chapter 4 and how we talked about Jesus and his disciples when he said unto them, let us, and it begins there in verse 35, I believe it is. And Jesus said unto them, let us go to the other side. So Jesus and the disciples, they were in the ship. And the Bible says in verse 37, it says, and there arose a great storm of wind. Darby's translation says, and there comes a violent gust of wind. So now in 1 Peter, again, chapter 4, verse 8, it says, and we're kind of going back and forth, it says this, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Okay, we there? We, we, we're going to say, and I want us to look in verse 9 as well. First Peter, media, get that for us. First Peter chapter 4, amen, verse, verse 8, which we've already, we just read that. Now we're going to look in verse 9. All right? So while he's getting that, I'm going to read that to you again. So he says here, um, be sober again, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. So we're there? Okay, great. Verse 9. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So what does that mean? What that means is there is somebody somewhere going through the same thing that you're going through. Don't think that you are the only one going through what you're going through. Your adversary, your opponent, the devil, is prowling around trying to sink your ship. Now here's a tongue twister for you. Satan is a, sink, is, is a ship sinker. There you go. 
Say that. Satan is a ship sinker. He's trying to sink your ship. And he's trying to do everything to get you out there in deep water and get you to care so he can separate you from your faith some kind of way. We heard that. Elder said this morning, as he was talking about being ankle deep and knee deep, you know, waist deep, chest deep, this deep right here. You know, when you, when you get past this deep right here, you know, everybody can handle the ankle deep. Everybody can ha ha handle the knee deep or the waist deep or the chest deep. But a whole lot of folk can't handle the deep deep. But see, the devil wants to get you out there in the deep deep. And he's going to do whatever he can to try to separate you from your faith some kind of way. Why is that so? Because he knows that if he lets the seed of the word of God that has been sown on the inside of you take root, whatever side that you need to go to, you're going to get there. So if he can get you out there in the deep water, and stick up this storm, this great gust of wind, you're going to be distracted by that and say, oh Lord, I can see it, but I'll never be able to get there. You know right now, all of us in here are in that, I can see it, but it's going to be up to you by faith to the believe that you will get there. But the enemy doesn't want you to believe that. Say, I'm going to get there. But now the only way you're going to be able to get there you're going to have to resist him in faith. You see, some folks of God, some people of God, they don't want to resist him in their faith. See, it takes, it takes faith to resist him. If some guy, uh, you know, stood up right now, rushed up here to me, you know, and started doing all of his karate moves and all that kind of stuff, how am I, how am I going to be able to do, resist him? Hmm? I'm going to have to be able to do what? I'm going to have to be able to counteract counter him, okay, with my karate moves or just boom. I like the boom. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. So you're going to have to resist the devil, resist him in faith. It takes what to resist the devil, people of God? What's it take? How do you spell faith? F-A-I-T-H. So the devil knows that if you don't have any faith, then you can't, you can't talk to me, somebody. He knows, the devil knows if you don't have any faith, then you can't resist him. All right, that's why he fights you so hard when it comes to faith. That's why the, the apostle Paul said we are to fight the good fight of faith. But everybody doesn't have faith, people of God. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 2. Amen when you get it. 2 Thessalonians. You say, that's impossible. Everybody's got some kind of faith. Even the unbelievers. They got some kind of faith. Well, let me show you what it says here. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 2. Huh? 
it says here, and we're going to read it in, um, right here in the King James, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. Now, after the colon, for all men have not faith. So understand this, everybody doesn't share your faith. And I've learned that not all believers have faith. So when you have the God kind of faith, people of God, you'll be able to handle anything or everything that comes your way. When you have the God kind of faith, so having the God kind of faith is so important for every child of God. The enemy drives people to do what he wants them to do, and those that don't have the God kind of faith don't have the ability and the strength to say no to him when he comes to them. Remember that popular expression from just a few years ago, and it said, just say no. Well, there were some folk that even refused to just say no. But when you get saved, you have a new nature on the inside of you. And your new nature has a choice. You have a choice. You can say yes or you can say no. And when you say no to the devil, that's when God gets involved in your life. Glory be to God. Now we're going somewhere. So when you say no, God will come in, step in, and get involved in everything that you need. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 16. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Matthew, chapter 16. Glory be to God. Let me get there again. Pages stuck together here. Matthew, chapter 16, verse 19. Glory be to God. Page 1255. So when you say no to the devil, God gets involved. Whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. So when you just say no, God starts backing you up whenever you say no to the devil. Now, notice what happened here, and you don't particularly have to turn back there. Uh, notice what happened here and what the disciples did in Mark chapter 4. When that storm rose up, when that great wind rose up, first thing they began to do was they began to accuse Jesus. When you're going through situations and circumstances in your life, you know, the first thing we want to do is, oh God, why did you let me, why did you take me, why did you do all of those things? But this is what they said in verse 38 in the Message Bible. They said, teacher... Is it nothing to you that we're going down? So the, the devil was trying to bring condemnation to their leadership. Well, that's the first thing they did. Their leader was on board. Their leader was in the ship. He was taking a nap. He was taking a rest and all of that. Things got a little stirred up. The elements got a little stirred up. The first thing they ran to said, teacher, Lord, master. Don't you care that we're going to sink? Don't you care that we're going down? 
first thing they did, they tried to condemn their leader. Who was their leader? Mm. Jesus was their leader. The first thing the devil wants you to do is he wants to get you to condemn your leader. Who is our leader? Who is the great shepherd? Who is it? It's Jesus. That's what the devil wants you to do. He wants to get you to condemn your leader because he knows by condemning your leader that that way condemnation will negate your faith. It will render your faith null and void. Now, I don't know about you, but I've got to walk by faith. That's where my walk is. I don't have any choice but to walk by faith. Every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, I have got to walk by faith. Not only must I walk by faith, but you too as a child of God, you too as a born-again believer, you too have to walk by faith. But condemnation that's heaped on you is supposed to keep you from getting to the other side. Watch the condemnation. So we've got to be able to practice righteousness. Know who we are in Christ Jesus. And we just have to learn how to say no to the devil no matter what. Have you ever gotten a telephone call from a telemarketer or a, at dinner time and you ended up buying something that you didn't need or want? Has anybody ever come to your door, knocked on your door? Say, hi, you know, I'm just selling these for my school, for my class. Has anybody ever, have, has anybody in the church ever come to you after the service and said, I'm just selling these, can you help me out? And you ended up buying something that you didn't want or something that you didn't need. Why was that so? You ended up buying it even though you didn't want it, you didn't need it. Perhaps maybe necessarily it wasn't even in your budget, but you ended up buying it anyway. Why was that so? Because you didn't want to feel guilty about saying no and hanging up to that person on the telephone. You didn't want to feel guilty about slamming the door in that person's face. You didn't want to, amen, you didn't want to discourage some of the children by saying, no, I really don't need it. That's overpriced. None of us would do that, right? Don't do that to the children. But you can do it all you want when you get that phone call. You can do it all you want when somebody comes to your door, knocks on your door, rings your doorbell. But listen to me, people of God, you have got to learn how to say no and tell them, listen, I want you to listen to the click and hang up. Click. Your click says no. Just like sometime when you're watching television, you know, and something comes on that doesn't quite sit right in your spirit, you can talk to that television all you want, but it's going to keep on talking back to you. The only way you're going to be able to say no is to go click and turn it off. Yeah, when the enemy comes to you and he starts telling you stuff that you don't want to hear, the way you're going to have to be able to say no is click, I'm turning you off. Talk, what, what was it, that expression? Talk to the hand. 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 Hallelujah. 
So if somebody came to your door and said, I have a box of snakes for you, what would you do? What would you do? Slam the door on their face. Amen? Huh? I know that beyond a shadow of a doubt. You slam the door in their face. So every time the devil comes to you with temptation, what are you going to have to do? Slam the door in his face. Remember that scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Everybody say, God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. But will within temptation also make a way to escape. That ye may be able to bear it. You see, Satan can't tempt you in the spiritual realm. He can only tempt you in the natural realm. But the Bible says right here that God is faithful. And you know what? I love that. God is faithful. So whenever, people of God, you get in trouble, whenever you get in a tight situation, look for Jesus. Because he is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will, with the temptation, also make a way to escape. Amen. Hallelujah. There are all kinds of temptations out here. But God is faithful. He is faithful. And if you trust him and believe by faith, the way for you to overcome temptation is to use your faith and know what you believe. Amen? Amen. You've got to know what you believe. You've got to know who you are in Christ. You've got to know and understand that the devil wants to separate you from your inheritance. He doesn't want you to inherit all that the Father has promised, all that the Father has provided for you through his son Jesus. If he can separate you from that, and if he can tempt you, remember that's what he did to Jesus. He gave him the old bait and switch. He said, if thou be the son of God. And Jesus knew that he was the son of God. Satan knew that he was the son of God. But then he tried to get him lean in one way. Just like you do when you're playing basketball and you use that head fake and that crossover dribble and dribble between your legs and you look one way and you go the other way. If thou be the son of God. And then the switch came. Command these stones to be turned to bread. You are the son of God. Then look at all this I have for you here. They're just going to jump off. Go ahead, just, just do that. That's where the switch comes. Watch the bait and watch the switch. Amen. If you just say no to whatever it is, you won't have to worry about it. But the way to overcome temptation again is to use your faith and know what you believe. How many of you know what you believe? What do you believe? You believe what? How do you believe the word of God? By faith. Amen. Hallelujah. By what? By faith. How many of you know that you are a child of God? How many of you know that he's promised you everything that pertains to life and godliness? How do you know that? 
because you believe it by faith. Amen. Hallelujah. How do you know who you are in Christ? By faith. Everything that we do by faith. Possess your inheritance by faith, people of God.